welcome to Trinity Lutheran Church in Freistadt, Missouri. Please stand by. Our service will begin shortly. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to our Ash Wednesday service here in the evening. Uh, it is 7 o'clock, so we'll go ahead and begin. Uh, tonight, of course, is the night in which we begin our Lenten journey to the cross for 40 days, uh, and then, of course, to celebrate the end of this, the goal of our faith, which is, of course, the resurrection and Easter Sunday. Uh, you will notice, too, uh, as is custom, we will be imposing ashes, um, and uh, you'll see that it takes place right after the first hymn, and what I would like for everybody to do is to just line up 
this side line up on this side, this side line up on this side, and just make your way forward, and Dad and I will be the one to impose the ashes. Um, of course, we encourage everyone um, to have the ashes placed on their forehead in the sign in, in the um, sign in the shape of the cross. But if you prefer not to have them on your forehead, just please hold out your uh, hand, and we can put them on the top of your hand as well. Uh, the words that you will hear upon the ashes being imposed upon you is repent and believe the gospel. That's probably a little bit different than perhaps what you might be used to hearing. Usually what is said is from dust you came and from dust you shall return. That is a perfectly uh, fine alternative as well. Uh, for myself personally, I prefer the repent and believe the gospel, mainly because, as we're going to be talking about in our sermon on Sunday, um, Lent is, the theme of Lent, the entire purpose of Lent is to show us and to prove once again to us that yes, really, it is all about Jesus. Uh, and so those are the words that you will be hearing tonight. Uh, and so with that, let's begin our worship with a word of prayer. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for this evening, for this Ash Wednesday, for this beginning of our Lenten season. And Lord, as we continue through these next 40 days, we pray that you would give us clarity, clarity of thought in our hearts and in our minds. Uh, Lord, as we continue to contemplate the road in which you walked, the purpose for which you came, Lord, and the gospel, your resurrection, which is the hope of our faith. And so we pray for your presence here tonight. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Please stand. <clears throat> so we begin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Say to God, how awesome are your deeds. So great is your power that your enemies cringe before you. For you, O oh God, tested us. You refined us like silver. You let people ride over our heads. We went through fire and water. He turned the sea into dry land. We passed through the waters on foot. continue with the opening hymn.
Please stand. Hear me, merciful and mighty Father, as I confess my bondage to sin and death. That is, in my sinful nature. But I cannot carry it out. No, the evil I do not want to do. This I keep on doing. When I want to do good, evil is right there with me. But I see another law at work in the members of my body, waging war and making me a prisoner of the law of sin and death, rescuing me from this body of death. Hear the good news. The same God who delivered Israel from Egyptian bondage also delivers you from your body of sin and death. Jesus Christ, the Passover lamb, has been sacrificed and his blood forgives you and sets you free. He turned the sea into dry land. We pass through the waters on foot. Please sit for the hymn. Please stand for the prayer of the day. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, you despise nothing you have made and forgive the sins of all who are penitent. Create in us a new and contrite hearts that laminating, lamenting our sins and acknowledging our wretchedness, we may receive from you full pardon and forgiveness. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated. The Old Testament reading is taken from Exodus chapter 2. Now a man of the tribe of Levi married a Levite woman, and she became pregnant and gave birth to a son. When she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him for three months. And when she could hide him no longer, she got a papyrus basket for him and coated it with tar and pitch. And she placed the child in it and put it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile. 
His sister stood at a distance to see what would happen to him. Then Pharaoh's daughter went down to the Nile to bathe, and her attendants were walking along the riverbank. She saw the basket among the reeds and sent her female slave to get it. She opened it and saw the baby. He was crying, and she felt sorry for him. This is one of the Hebrew babies, she said. Then his sister and Pharaoh's daughter said, asked Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and get one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? Yes, go, she answered. So the girl went and got the baby's mother. Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this baby and nurse him for me, and I will pay you. So the woman took the baby and nursed him. When the child grew older, she took him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. She named him Moses, saying, I draw him, drew him out of the water. This is the word of the Lord. The epistle reading is taken from 2 Corinthians chapter 5. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. This is the word of the Lord. Selfish thought. 
stand for the reading of the Holy Gospel. The Holy Gospel comes to us this evening from St. Matthew chapter 6. Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. For then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Thus, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. This is the word of our Lord. Please be seated. Will you all pray with me, please? Dear Lord, may the meditations of our hearts and the words of my mouth be pleasing in your sight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Grace and mercy and peace be yours this evening from God our Father and through the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our Lenten series is, is a series, as well as the sermons that I will be preaching throughout these Wednesday evenings, is a series that was created by Dr. Reed Lessing from Concordia Seminary. He was the one that um, created our order of worship for tonight and for the remaining Wednesdays, and again, like I said, for the sermons that we will hear as well. Howard Rutledge was an American fighter pilot. He was shot down and captured by the North Vietnamese in 1965. The North Vietnamese threw him into a prison in Hanoi, North Vietnam. And what do you think the prison was called? The Heartbreak Hotel. Rutledge writes this, When the door slammed shut, a feeling of utter loneliness swept over me. I was locked in a six-by-six cell. It's hard to describe what solitary confinement can do to defeat a, a person. There are no books, no magazines, and the only colors that you see are drab gray and dirt brown. You're locked in your filthy cell, trying to keep your sanity. We all know, too, what it feels like to be locked up in Heartbreak Hotel. The problem for us, though, is that at first it didn't look like the Heartbreak Hotel. It looked like the Promised Land. It even was the Promised Land, at least for a while. That moral indiscretion, no big deal. That financial dishonesty, no big deal. That small little lie, 
No big deal. Eventually, though, no big deal becomes a very big deal. And what we thought was the promised land becomes the death of a job, the death of a marriage, the death of our hope, the death of our joy. Satan slams the door shut and says, Welcome to the Heartbreak Hotel. You can check out any time that you like, but you will never leave. Today we begin a sermon series on Moses' book called Exodus. We're calling this series, Let My People Go. God sees his people Israel in the Egyptian Heartbreak Hotel and tells Pharaoh seven times, Let my people go. And I'm sure that you remember how the story goes. Because of a famine in 1847 B.C., Jacob and his family, 70 in all, traveled from Canaan to Egypt. Now fast forward from that point 300 years and we come to Exodus chapter 1 verse 8. It says this, Then a new king who did not know Joseph came to power in Egypt. This king, or Pharaoh, saw that Israelites were becoming too numerous and too powerful. And so what did the Pharaoh do? He created his own version of Heartbreak Hotel. Stage one of this was state slavery. Exodus 1 says this, So they put slave masters over them to oppress them with forced labor, and they built Pithom and Ramses as store cities for Pharaoh. Every Israelite slave was required to produce 3,000 bricks a day. 3,000 bricks a day. And you think you have a difficult job. Try this. Go get water from a canal. Pour the water into a mud pit. Step up and down in the mud pit. Add, add some straw to some mud. Let it dry in the sun. And presto, you've got a brick. Now do this 3,000 more times. Every day, with no time off, ever. Stage two of this was private infanticide. Exodus chapter 1 describes it this way. The king of Egypt said to the Hebrew midwives, whose names were Shipra and Puah, when you help the Hebrew women in childbirth and observe them on the delivery stool, if it is a boy, kill him. But if it is a girl, but if it is a girl let her live. God sees these two women who obey him and disobey the Pharaoh's command. And so God puts their names in the Bible. But this Pharaoh, the most powerful man on the earth, his name isn't in the Bible. And why is that? Because God does big things with small stuff. Stage three of this open genocide. Exodus chapter 1 Verses, verse 22 describes Pharaoh's decree. Every boy that is born you must throw into the Nile, but let every girl live. It is against this backdrop of Pharaoh's heartbreak hotel that Moses is born. It says, Now a man of the house of Levi married a Levite woman, and she became pregnant and gave birth to a son. This son is Moses. 
Moses is the couple's third child. There is an older sister whose name is Miriam and an older brother whose name is Aaron. When she saw that he was a fine child, she'd hid him for three months. But when she could hide him no longer, she got a papyrus basket for him and coated it with tar and pitch. Now get this. This word translated basket is the same word that is translated ark, as in Noah's ark. This ark in Exodus, just like Noah's in Genesis, is coated with tar and pitch. But you say Noah's ark was so much bigger. You're right. And why is that? Because in the book of Exodus, God does big things with small stuff. This baby boy is placed in the Nile, and Miriam runs along the river's edge. She watches as Pharaoh's daughter bathes with her servants in the Nile River. Exodus 2 says, She, who is Pharaoh's daughter's servant, opened it and saw the baby. He was crying, and she felt sorry for him. Moses is crying. This changes everything. In the book of Exodus, a baby's cry changes everything? Of course, because God does big things with small stuff. When the child grew older, she took him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. She named him Moses, saying, I brought him out of the water. Moses. Moses is an Egyptian word that, bring, that means bring out of water. Finally, someone who will bring Israel out of Pharaoh's heartbreak hotel. And Moses will do that through what? Water. Moses will part the water of the Red Sea with a wooden staff. A wooden staff. Well, because God does big things with small stuff. God, too, sees us, you and I, in our own prison, our own self-made heartbreak hotel. God sees us trying to get out. He sees us putting on our Superman or Superwoman cape, thinking that we are superheroes who can save ourselves. Unfortunately, tonight I've got really bad news for you. You are not a superhero and neither am I. We can't fight our way out of our prison of sin. We can't think our way out, buy our way out, educate our way out, vacation our way out, or blast our way out. We're all stuck in sin in this heartbreak hotel. Now, I've got some really, really good news for you. God does big things with small stuff. Jesus brings us out of our prison of sin and death, and just like the book of Exodus, Jesus does it all with small stuff. The tokens of Christ's passion, chalice and torch and lantern, sword and whip, whipping post, clothing, 30 pieces of silver, dice, spear, hand which struck Christ, a torch, pitcher of gall and vinegar. 
Jesus doesn't recoil or run or retreat at the sight of our ugly prison. Jesus comes to us right where we are. To do what? To do really big things. To set us free with really small stuff. Howard Rutledge has more to say about the Heartbreak Hotel. He writes, I prayed for strength to make it through the ongoing night. Then one day a glimmer of light dawned through the bottom of my prison door and I knew that God would set me free. And He did. Life gets dark. Sometimes it gets really dark. When we thought, what we thought was the promised land is really Heartbreak Hotel. You can check out any time you like, but you will never leave. But there is a glimmer of light dawning. Can you see it? It's called Easter. It's called Easter light. It's Easter deliverance, and it is here for us right now. How can we be so sure? Because God still does really big things. He sets us free with really small stuff. In the name of Jesus, who is God's gift to you, amen. Please stand, and please turn in your hymnals to page 332 in the front part. Well, just kidding. That's not the right, the right page. Ah, I'm sorry, 322. 322. We will recite together Luther's explanation of the second article for our creed this evening. Again, that is found on page 322 in the right, at the bottom of the right-hand column. I believe that Jesus Christ, true God, begotten of the Father from eternity, and also true man, born of the Virgin Mary, is my Lord who has redeemed me, a lost and condemned person, purchased and won me from all sins, from death, and from the power of the devil, not with gold or silver, but with his holy precious blood, and with his innocent suffering and death, that I may be his own, and live under him in his kingdom, and serve him in everlasting righteousness, innocence, and blessedness, just as he is risen from the dead, lives and reigns to all eternity. This is most certainly true." Please be seated, and at this time we will collect our tithes and offerings.
Dad, we have the uh, hymn first. Your holy incarnation, by your holy nativity, by your baptism, fasting, and temptation, by your agony and bloody sweat, by your cross and passion, by your precious death and burial, by your glorious resurrection and ascension, and by the coming of the Holy Spirit, the Comforter. In all times of our tribulation, and all times of our prosperity, in the hour of death, and in the day of judgment, we poor sinners implore you to prosper the teaching of your word, to bless our prayer and meditation, to strengthen and preserve us in the true faith, and to give heart to our sorrow and strength to our repentance. to draw all to yourself, to bless those who are instructed in the faith, to watch over and counsel the poor, the sick, the distressed, the lonely, the forsaken, the abandoned, and all who stand in need of our prayers, to give abundant blessing to all works of mercy, and to have mercy on us. To turn our hearts to you, to turn the hearts of our enemies, persecutors, and slanderers, and graciously, to hear our prayers. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, Christ, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world, Christ, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world, Christ, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world, O Christ, O Lord, O Christ, O Lord. God has listened and heard our prayer. May the Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit lead you to a place of abundance. Amen and amen. Please be seated. 